You are now listening to The Junk and Jam Hour, a live talk radio broadcast, only on Radio Free Brooklyn. And now for your on-air host, Christopher Albert. Hello there, everyone. Happy Monday. You are listening to The Junk and Jam Hour. Of course, I'm your host, Christopher Albert, right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is the nonprofit community organization and freeform internet radio station streaming original content by New York City artists, broadcasters, DJs, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here. Of course, it is Radio Free Brooklyn's goal to empower and amplify the otherwise unheard voices within our communities. And on the Junkin' Jam Hour, it is my objective to share and highlight the artistic and creative journeys behind the impressive projects and contributions of some of today's most talented, groundbreaking artists, entrepreneurs, and professionals of all kinds, all of whom work so hard to bring you joy. So I will do my best in this hour to bring them a little joy. Now, my very special guest today guests, plural, (laughs) Uh, are all superb musicians on their own, but they are collaborating together as a new disco collective inspired by the slick funk and jazz sounds and flair of yacht rock, the soft rock soul genre of the late 70s and early 80s that made even a Wall Street preppy douche seem cooler than he really was. Of course, that is the power of great Groovy music, y'all, and this band is dripping in musical swag. Beginning with the release of their debut EP, 2018's Day Job Guys, they have been making a big splash in the music scene, offering their audience what many indie artists today aren't always equipped with, which is polished, sexy tunes, uh, which uh, all things go music. That's the premier music discovery and festival platform has described their songs as inclusive of harmonies larger than life that can bring arena shows to those humble little headphones of yours. We love it. Uh, crediting their primary influence by Giorgio Moroder's classic style disco, which I had a, a good day of listening to yesterday. Loved it. And of course, combining that with their harmonic influences of yacht rock staples like Stilly Dan, they have created a smooth sound all of their own with the sheer goal of transporting their listeners to another place like finding the summer breeze and early morning champagne. I mean, wherever they may be, wouldn't that be lovely? Having already collaborated with electronic pop artists like Midnight Magic, Wolfie, and James Kurt, they are now embarking on bringing more of their great time music (laughs) to even more listeners with a cumulative 143,000 streams on Spotify behind them. That is so far, they are about to release their very first full-length new disco record, uh, Naked Neighbor, starting with the sexy stomper, as they describe it, entitled Flip Me Over. We'll be listening to that, and we'll also have a listen to their highly celebrated cover of the Doobie Brothers classic, What a Fool Believes, which Beatport, the recognized industry leader in connecting creators, DJs, and fans with the very best of electronic music, has selected as one of their picks for best new disco tracks That's not all. They are also the hosts of the incredibly fun Imbibe the Vibe podcast, combining classic cocktails with niche music genres. We'll talk about that. Please help me welcome the musicians, singers, songwriters, and producers of the new disco collective, The Band, bringing you smooth music for pool boys and cool girls. They are Alex, Jackson, Sam, Max, and Jim of The Bad Business Club. 
Hello, guys. Hello, good afternoon. Hello, hello. Good afternoon. Thank you so very much for joining us. Now, of course, we have so much to cover. Uh, let's start with you, Alex. I'm All assuming right, I'm uh, you're the ready. lead and founder of the band. Yeah, uh, I founded the band in 2000, 2018. Or yeah. Actually, when I first moved to New York City in, at the end of 2016, um, for a new job, but also for the intention of in the first week I was there putting together a yacht rock band. Yeah. Um, and it's since evolved over the last uh, four years. Uh, new great members and yeah. additions to the group and a little bit of a transformation in sound. Yeah, well, 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 that's and, and, you know, I speak to a lot of bands, but of course you have to not necessarily expect that you're going to have everything gelled out to begin with, right? You're going to go through growing pains. You're going to have the in and outs of whatever, however the band evolves itself. Um, but you have to keep pushing. But now you left New York uh, recently. Now, are you originally from Virginia? I am, yeah. I, I'm originally about 30 miles outside of Washington, D.C. Okay. Um, I spent about four and a half years in New York, met these wonderful people, um, moved back uh, very recently. I'm embarrassed because you're, you're bringing the sounds of, of, of Brooklynites. Um, and I was one until very, very recently. I, can't, I came back to be closer to family for a little bit. Um, but it's been very easy to to go back and forth and, and do a lot of work with these folks, given yes. it's a, you know, three and a half hour train ride, four hour drive, take a weekend, play some shows, yeah. do some recordings. Yeah. Well, you're in Virginia to visit family. Obviously, you're always welcome back to visit your other family anytime, of course. <laughs> Jackson, uh, lead guitar of Bad Business Club. Yes, sir. You went to the Berkeley School of Music, yes? Yes, I did. Uh, tell us a little bit about your journey in music and, and, and what made you say, hey, this is something I need to, I mean, of course, however your journey is, we're all students of music, but you specifically chose a, an official path, I guess, <laughs> into oh, yeah. the study. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I decided when I was fairly young that this is what I'm going to do. It's the, um, I mean, the guitar specifically just uh, really kind of spoke to me from a, a pretty young age. And, um, you know, it started with it started with the, all the classic rock records that everybody loves, Zeppelin, Clapton, Pink Floyd, all that. But yeah. it sort of grew outward into jazz and things like that. Uh, West Montgomery was big. Um, and then, like, you know, uh, some of the electronic stuff started sneaking in. The Yacht Rock thing definitely snuck in uh, later on here in, you know, uh, Steely Dan and... Uh, Michael McDonald, all that fun yeah. stuff. And I loved I loved the caliber of player that all those records had, like Larry Carlton, Dean Parks, all these just like assassins on the guitar. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I want to be one of those guys. So, you know, that's that's uh that's how I got into it. Okay. And and of course your 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 journey also consider you were also the off-Broadway music director of Good Morning New York Musical. Yes, yes. Uh, Good Morning New York. Because at uh, at Berkeley, I um, I did uh, kind of a, a half composition arranging, half recording producing thing. Um, and when I got the opportunity to uh, arrange the arrange the stuff for Good Morning New York, it was you know, uh, music director. You don't turn that down. No. <laughs> and um, Sam. Hello there. Hi. 
Hi. <laughs> the lovely woman of the group. Uh, tell us a little bit about your music, Joey. Where are you zooming in from again? I didn't hear earlier. I'm zooming in from Bedstime. Bedstime, do or die. Subterranean studio here in Bedstime. Love it. Um, a little bit about myself. I'm. Uh, I, I grew up. You know, my my love of music started with uh, my dad's love of classic rock and instilling that on me. Sure. And um, I started playing piano and singing as a little kid, and I grew up doing musical theater. Um, I also went to Berkeley. That's where I met Jackson. We go way back. Um, but I, uh, I dropped out and started doing a uh, dueling pianos gig full time that Love I that. Think, you know, realized I was learning a lot of music. I was learning how to play bass and drums and uh, I just went with it and I dropped out of school and that took me to New York. Um, so for the past uh, five years, I've been here doing the, um, the live, uh, the dueling pianos gigs and, um, and, and continuing to write. I'm working on my first solo album right now as well as uh you know i've been working with this guy these guys since last year yeah and um a couple other projects i love uh, that yeah well thank you for dropping out to actually pursue keep pursuing music we love that um uh, what am i doing here i gotta go i got things to do um now you recently uh sam uh you had uh, the honor of dolly pardon watching one of your covers of nine to five what was that about yeah that <laughs> what was, was that like bananas. um so they totally tricked us uh i had no idea that was gonna happen um because i do that the project love raptor that did yes, the cover yeah, yeah. is an amazing um amazing uh co collaborative uh out in um out in connecticut run by uh this absolutely nasty bass player and yeah no we put out this video at mikhail pivovarov is his name and um we put out that video and we got a call from i'm trying to remember who it was they they set up they wanted to like do an interview and and talk about you know like it, it was an honoring dolly parton thing yeah and you know they they played us the clip before watching it and i was i mean i like feel like i made a fool of myself in that video i was like i did not know what to do i was like <laughs> is she gonna see this because um but yeah it was it was crazy uh well she loved it I, 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 we all I dug it. it. It was rocking out. I mean, sometimes, whether it's Dolly Parton, and obviously all of you can attest to this, I mean, you are really just there to, not just for yourselves. I mean, we're always, you're always going to make art for yourself and things that you enjoy. And obviously, you collaborate with others and you come to some consensus to, hey, well, let's get all of our ideas or what feels right in the moment, especially when producing. Uh, the music that you do, but at the end of the day, you know, it's we don't know who's going to hear it, <laughs> but no. but obviously it's with the intent that they enjoy it. Ultimately, you know, the most important thing is if you're enjoying it and if it's you know doing it for you and it's worth your time and you know making your life. But yeah, Dolly Parton wants. To yeah. <laughs> if she wants to listen, let her. <laughs> Volume. Right now, one of these days, hopefully, uh, Michael McDonald will hear one of these days. Uh, who's to say, Michael? We, <laughs> we should all be so lucky. Who's yeah. to say he hasn't yet? He's 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 looking for you now. Now, uh, one okay, time. so we don't have Jim and Max, that's okay. Yeah, we do not, they're uh, <laughs> they're off doing stuff, they're off doing stuff. Okay, so yeah. well, let's go okay. back a little bit. So, Alex, what was your first foray into music? What was your early inspiration? Yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, I 
I kind of I think I came into music a little bit later in the game uh, than Jackson and, and and Max. I I originally went into went to college as a as a uh, economics major, um, and I had to take well, that uh, comes accounting one hundred and one. And it you know it it is, and I, I like like this sort of like broader economic theory. I still read a lot of that, and it's fascinating, but. I had to take accounting 101 and I got a D minus on oh, it. Oh no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was playing, uh, I, I mean, I had been, you know, playing guitar since like freshman year of high school. Um, I had a few friends that, uh, you know, they had a very small jazz program and I was involved in a few combos and, and a few of the, you know, the jazz professors said, Hey, you know, um, you know, maybe you should look at, uh, you know, doing this as a, as a co-major where we're actually, you know, broadening out our, our jazz arranging program and you've wow. written some really cool arrangements of, of, you know, some of these standards that we've worked on. Um, so I auditioned for that. Um, I wrote an arrangement of uh, Fee Fi Fo Fum, which is a, a, a tune from the early 60s by Wayne Shorter. He used to play with Miles Davis and they liked it. So I, I did a business co and, and like, music arranging yeah sort of co-major so like i think because of that you know playing an instrument has always to me been a little secondary than like writing and arranging composing and that sort sure. of thing yeah yeah all right well we i mean listen there's nothing like being able to write and then perform your music right yeah <laughs> Before we're gonna play, we're gonna play "Flip Me Over." I love it, guys. Your latest single, uh, "Broad Broadway World Music," uh, says, "Flip me over, revels in nighttime excitement and morning confusion, <laughs> but ending with a sense of no regrets and pride in our experiences." We love that. We'll dissect love some it. of the lyrics and and then you know, of course, how you guys got to creating uh, this this project that you're you know I, I'm assuming you're you're still. Wait, are you guys done recording with with the album? Yes, uh, we okay. we actually we finished this all up in when like end of twenty twenty, I think. Awesome, um, love it. And it was we were very like Steely Dan meticulous with the mix and the mastering and everything. Love so it, it, love it. And it then took that, a little while to get out. That of course was uh, thanks to Morgan Wiley. Who helped you mix it? That's correct. The yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. So the great Morgan Wiley. The great. I love it. <laughs> the great one. So we are going to listen to Flip Me Over. You guys hang out. You are listening to the Junkie Jam Hour right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. This, of course, again, I am joined with the new disco band right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. They are the Bad Business Club. And this is Flip Me Over.
listening to the Jugga Jam Hour right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. That was Flip Me Over by new disco band, Bad Business Club. Uh, awesome, guys. Thank you guys for so, sharing your music with us. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. You can't hear it, but I'm throwing in some applauses, <laughs> some digital applauses. On my end, uh, we feel it. We, we feel, feel it. it. <laughs> were, were they? Uh, was it? Was it like NFL stadium applauses or like PGA tour applauses? It was more if we had an audience in this studio, <laughs> kind wow. of you know light reverb, <laughs> nice, not nice. stadium. Um, but you know what? I'm, I think I might. I might uh, work on that. <laughs> yeah. We'll get you those in post. We'll do that uh, for the podcast. Uh, flip me over. Some of the lyrics: Wake up, summer sunshine blinds your eyes. Why don't you turn? I love. The, why don't you turn off the radiator? Sweats dripping down my thigh. I mean, we don't need to go into too much detail. But I have gone into just hookups house. Like guys, I like to be warm. Turn off that air conditioner. Um, cool down. Hot from the heat of the day. Turn around. You know you want to stay. I'd imagine post, almost sort of done with COVID for now, uh, people are definitely hooking up again. <laughs> yeah. Strangers or not, maybe they've just never hooked up before and they knew, knew each other, um, you know, possibly even more so than they did before. Uh, and of course, it's Pride Month, both... Um, uh, Puerto Riqueño, hola, and uh, queer pride, um, everyone's feeling the love. Why was it, I don't want to say necessary, but what about this music or even this track? You know, why don't we have a song celebrating, you know, a hookup rather than one being, feeling ashamed about it? Right? Yeah, you know, yeah, right. I mean, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, this Prince. Is... <laughs> Where did Prince go? Oh yeah, he died. Yeah. This sad. this was a little bit of. He'll be a, back. Um... <laughs> <laughs> They're all coming. If, back. if someone if someone were to reincarnate in in spirit and have a second coming, it, it would be Prince. I, I think he's <laughs> capable. And not just a hologram of Prince. No, no. Oh, yeah. you know, real, or maybe a sentient hologram. He might come back, come back as a Ooh, sentient hologram. Like a force uh, ghost. Yeah, yeah. Like, a, like a force ghost. Yeah. A combination of a holodeck Star Trek thing. Ready to kill. To your earlier question, um, I think the love song is like the oldest musical statement in existence probably yeah, yeah um there are love songs there are breakup songs but uh nobody ever writes a song about love that only lasts for about 24 hours yes unless you're, you know and, and, and I we're think, not listening to r know, kelly anymore <laughs> no no it's a uh not you know, it's a it's kind of a I don't want to say it's an untapped thing because I think there's plenty of music out there that's doing it, but it's it's a newer form. I mean, people have been writing love songs for hundreds of years. And um, you know, the hookup anthem. Yeah, you know, it's a newer it's a newer form, I think. Yeah. Again, there's enough shaming going around, right? Whether it's about who or what you sleep with, <laughs> um, your weight, your money, maybe your career, 
Um, yeah. You know, we get it as artists all the time. Why don't you get a real job? A lot of the shaming now is political these days, you know, vaccine or no vaccine, mask wearing or no mask wearing. How do you see your music resonating with those who are feeling perhaps maybe sometimes degraded by society's ridiculous living standards? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, so, you know, the um, like the classic New York adage where it's like, work play sleep pick two yeah <laughs> right uh i i think this i you know th this song was for me like i kind of like three and a half years in the making because i moved to new york like end of 2016 and i was just getting over like um a very uh like i, I was raised in the orthodox christian church um very very like um, reserved and very private person until I, I met a super long-term girlfriend and I sort of ran away from Virginia to go to New York after this breakup and like kind of you know I I was on every dating app you know yeah. and uh, I was I was playing and working pretty much you know so it was it was dates almost every night um, and lots of uh, activity and then Sex, waking love, up rock to, and roll yeah exactly <laughs> and then waking up at like 6 a.m to to you know go to my you know the uh, you know tech sales job <laughs> so it, was like, it was like a combination of like going on dates and uh you know having hookups and then and then showing up and making yes. 100 cold what? calls uh, right. and then rinsing and repeating and you know, I, I think what, to your point, there was always this like having to balance both worlds of that. There was this like, you know, a whole year of like completely changing lifestyles and like having this like weird shame that I it took me like two years to kind of shake off. And I think yeah. the song was just like, a you know, a, a, a releasing of that type of, you know, internalization of. Yeah, I mean, just like what you're saying. So, you know, when when we think of being flipped around, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual, right? I mean, just for the mere enjoyment of another person, a body-to-body -body contact, you know, being face-to-face, -face, maybe it's, it's, you know, what what's the word? Post-coitus? I don't, I don't remember what the term is. Um, mm. Do you suppose, you know, especially after COVID, many people have lost a little bit of, you know, their spark, their mojo, their swag, I don't know, and 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 maybe your music just could help them bring that back. <laughs> One would only hope. <laughs> that that would be, I mean, that's oh, like that's all we that's can huge. ask for. <laughs> so I wanna ask you this, Sam, because and I don't think it's I mean, it was something we're used to nowadays. Women are especially in music have a handle in their own careers and are in charge of their own voices uh but particularly um you know you are a woman who you know are one of the women who maybe might be a little more provocative than others in terms of music right you know uh whether it's lyrically we don't think so it doesn't sound that way because you're not a rapper but it can be right 
<laughs> she's wrapped no, I've heard it. yeah it's absolutely. and i think it's you know like we were talking about before with you know igniting that spark and helping people you know be empowered sexually right. I, that's right. that personally is you know although i did not write the sweat dripping down the thigh lyric that's all Alice. <laughs> <laughs> we're still singing it I live, you know, yes. it's, it's, I think it's, it's, you know, it is important to, to normalize. And, right. And well, and speaking of normalization, why is it that we're, that, I don't know if, I mean, I'm not a woman, right? I, I'm a cisgendered gay man. So, you know, we're always been sex positive, but for a woman, I feel like sometimes you still are, even though men can be sluts, slut shamed. Oh yeah, yeah, and and I mean, there's uh, God. I've been I've been reading uh, a, a book called The Ethical Slut. Lately, and, <laughs> I love that. And, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you've heard of it. And it's it's I mean, no no um, implications there. But yeah, it's like nope. it's yeah, it, it's becoming it's it's so important to to you know, especially for women, you know, to be reminded that it's okay that you're a you know a sexual being and you can embrace that. And you know, flaunt it as much as you're comfortable with. And if it's something that empowers you, you know, I think I truly do believe we are getting farther and farther. Oh, did we lose and praised for you know putting their dick in as many places as possible. Uh oh, she's crazy. You know, it's it's yeah. We're I think we're getting farther away from that, and it's it's a it's a relief, and it's because we have you know people finally starting to come out of their, you know, proverbial shells with right, this stuff and right. say, hey, we all, we all, <laughs> we're all human and well, we're all sexual. I love that, you know, and this music that you're creating celebrates that energy in, 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 in terms of, you know, there's nothing to regret. I mean, we're all living Obviously, it doesn't matter what age you are, <laughs> especially not anymore, right? I mean, um, I, I think a lot of our, um, a lot of what we used to consider too old, too risque for a certain age, that's all done with. Oh, God. That's, yeah, no, that, that's, it needs to be ancient history because it is. It's, yes, it's antiquated like ideals of, of sexuality and, and masculinity yeah. or femininity, blah, oh, blah, blah. God. I mean, and it's overwhelming, like, especially for our, like, you know, our, our older relatives. It's like, oh, 50 years ago, this was so. <laughs> right. And this isn't like, even yeah, that old. But it, it was a problem then, too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I had this, like, escape to New York. And because, I mean, where I grew up, it was like, you know, all my friends were all, you know, married by 24, 25. Yeah. And so when I used to, you know, go out and socialize, I was like, I... I'm 31 years old and everybody at this bar is like 22. I have to go somewhere where I can hang out with people my own age that are in a different stage of their lives. Yeah. And that, that was New York City to me, you know, uh, I, when I, you know, started kind of putting these ideas together for this. For this I like, well, well, I do want to talk about that because I want to talk about your excursion to Puerto Rico. <laughs> and of course, we're going to talk a little bit about Naked Neighbor. Um, but you guys... Hang out. We're going to take a listen to What a Fool Believes, your cover, uh, your wonderful cover by the Doobie Brothers. You guys are listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. And of course, I am joined with the new disco band, Bad Business Club. This is What a Fool Believes. Okay. 
Club, you guys are listening to them. That was their cover of the Doobie Brothers classic, What a Fool Believes, right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I love that, guys. Obviously, I'm assuming leading up to your project now. Sam, was this song, because it was featuring you, was this your first time joining the band in a project? This song in particular? Yeah. No, it, you just I mean, everything started last year. Like, yeah. I'm, you know, a fairly new addition to the project. So it's all kind of the same, you know, clump of, of work that happened throughout yeah. COVID. Um, but I guess this was kind of in, in the midst. This was sort of, we did this over the summer. I love that. Right? Yeah. I think um, we did yeah, this is always been... What, what a Fool Believes, Smooth Radio calls it possibly the ultimate yacht rock song. <laughs> yeah. Was it's it the, the ultimate song for you guys to say, this is a no-brainer, we have to cover this? Well, Jackson and I, when we were talking about yacht rock, I mean, you, you would always tell me, you know, in your opinion, that What a Fool Believes is if yacht rock was a treasure map, What a Fool Believes would be the X. <laughs> yes, it is. X marks the spot. Um... I want to go back um, in terms of working on the lead up to your your first length, first full length album, uh, "Naked Neighbor," written in Puerto Rico during a week long writing session. Uh, was it was it that whole album you guys spent writing? Yeah, so um, that was like uh, so. It's funny because early twenty twenty, yeah. Your early 2020, so it was January, like, you know, right before everything changed. Um, and, it, you know, this, I, I think like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get, go too far back, but this, this project has been really amazing. I mean, for me personally, because it's kind of allowed, you know, we really intended it to be like a thing where everybody does the thing that they're like th- really, really strong at. And, the biggest thing I think that that I really enjoyed about it was getting out of the way when it sort of wasn't my time to totally lean in. And I think what I mean by that is like the steps were like, I talked to Morgan Wiley and Jackson initially about, Hey, listen, like I'm just going to write a bunch of like, if I just go and write songs and like go into the studio with you guys and arrange it and do all this stuff with it, it's just going to sound like 
another like 90s rock song and i really don't want to do that yeah. or it's going to sound like a rock song so um went to puerto rico just to kind of like get absolutely away from everything and i told jackson and morgan just like i'm literally just going to write block chords and and a sketch of lyrics and a sketch of a melody and when i gave it to morgan and jackson i was like let's make this new disco and they fleshed everything out around that and when we got in the studio it was you know we had taken like 75 yeah 60% of the song and Sam and I were then able to like I was you know hey I don't like this word very much like I kind of thought halfway through this can we like get these lyrics tightened up a little bit hey I'm not a fan of this melody like can we you know put this in a range that I I really wanted to go here but I can't sing like right where that needs to go um and oh like i'm not going to do the guitar solo jackson's going to do it you know and and it it just really became like i think that's why you know we we started calling ourselves a collective because it's it's really felt like the most collective project that yeah. um i i've personally been a part of and and everyone's pretty much at the helm they they you guys are in other bands you're your own musicians you know sam just talked about working on her own project and yet you're you're being so gracious if that's the right word i can use with each other and just generous to say hey i still have i can still make the time and share my gift and talents with you guys let's make this happen yeah absolutely um i think uh i mean you know kind of building on what alex said uh it's it's so great to be able to um It's great to be able to be in a collaborative environment where you can not stay in your lane per se, but like focus on the stuff you're going to nail. You yes. know, focus it, on just sticking the landing. Yeah. With these things. It's it's like as an artist one of the things that I that I still stay with it and and you know especially if I'm collaborating with somebody and and you're working with a partner, we call it pimping. pimping them. You always want to mm-hmm. pimp their talents. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Whatever you're good at, let's make that shine. Concentrate yeah. men. What was that? Yes. If you were opening up a restaurant, you wouldn't you wouldn't try to like if you were the the business guy, you wouldn't like also try to be the chef and the no. the, the maitre d and like all the other things. Like there are other people that can do that better than you. <laughs> and and Sam, like you said, hyping each other up. Yeah. Like like being super stoked on on the on the vocal pyrotechnics and you know being like I love this turn of phrase here. And uh you know just sort of not only appreciating what the other people are bringing to the table yeah. but finding out how to amplify that. Yes. Too. And and obviously that happens just naturally, right? Especially since you already know who you're working with at this point. You know it's going oh, to yeah. be welcomed. Of course, yeah. So if you can share what would you say is the theme and you obviously anybody can answer is the theme behind this uh new album what and what makes it different than the earlier uh Bad Business Club uh EP? Well, yeah, good question. I I I think first off like I think stylistically it's um the departure from just very throwbacky yacht rock Alice Steely Dan, you know, where, you know, Day Job Guys was 
like we produced it in, in yes. the way that they would produce a seventies record, like live, uh, you know, live drums that were just played with like one kid, like as many things that like, you know, we thought about it as a way like, okay, how can four people, you know, with, a, you know, analog instruments pull this off. Um, and I think with this one, we sort of put the arrangement first, um, sonically. And then, you know, I, I think thematically it's, a lot of it is really about, you know, letting go of, you know, a lot of the, I think everybody, everybody carries a lot of bullshit with them, sure. you know, they, mm. you know come into adulthood and then figure it all out. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the oldest person in the band. I'm, I'm 35. And I think, you know, this was sort of like some of the, the, the songs, you know, that we, that we structured the album with was like, just, you know, starting young almost, and then trying to, you know, just, I think like we were talking about earlier, like let go of, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the things that like are maybe holding you back personally, whether it's like uh, someone in your past that you're just, you're, you're still like tethered to for not really sure. much of a reason or, or, you know, something in the way that you grew up that has you like more <laughs> repressed or any important kind of keeps, you, keeps you in from like coming into your own yeah. and I, I think that's like thematically where where naked neighbor really goes and of course music helps with that music is part at least for most of us part of our therapy right part of our therapization out of whatever is ailing us whether it's mentally physically um you know after this past year loss of life loss of livelihood for many um, why was it important for you guys to produce music, you know, that reflected the spirit of happiness, joy, you know, just sexy fun, you know, cause you can still be hopeful and uplifting without being preachy about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really just welcome to our party. We want to make a party for you. Yeah. I think a lot of music these days is, um, they, they want to be meaningful Yes, and uh, they want to be they want to be meaningful. They want it to be like, too hard. <laughs> yeah, they want it to be they want it to be dark and deep, and you just like you you sit. I think it's almost a its own style of music, and it, yeah. it it's it stretches across so many genres: uh, rock bands, hip hop, uh, neo soul. It's all supposed to be very emotionally dense, and you listen to it in your bathtub with headphones and you just like, mm, you just like think about everything that's ever gone wrong in your life. And uh, Yacht Rock in the 70s was kind of a reaction to something like that. I think the, the term good time music comes good up. Good time. And I think this is the modern take. What we're doing is maybe a modern take on like good time music, yes. you know? So let's talk about that modern take, and I don't want to pack it in too much, but mm. you know, um, Yacht Rock, also known as the West Coast Sound, uh, soft rock that features elements of smooth soul, smooth jazz, R&B, funk, uh, rock, and disco. When we think of Yacht Rock and Yacht Music, when we're, which itself, obviously, we just said, it borrows heavily from jazz um, and rhythm and blues, it can easily fall under the notion for some that, okay especially for those who are black, you know, you want our sound, <laughs> um, you want our look, you just don't want us. 
Um, and of course, when looking at who represented the genre back then, um, Steely Dan, Doobie Brothers, Michael McDonald, Eagles, Foreigner, Hall & Oates, Kenny Loggins. <laughs> um, hmm. You know, while it was originally and partially inspired by black music, it was exclusively slapped with not just white faces, but wholly excluded women. Um, how is bad business changing not just the genre of yacht music and how it's received, but how is it how it is represented and what makes your music and what makes Bad Business Club more culturally aware than its origin origins and the other acts yeah. of the past? Well, I mean, the the thing though, there is one thing that uh, the yacht rock sound was definitely shared in um, by. I mean, what you're saying is accurate completely. Um, but there were plenty of other artists who played in that style, yeah. who were black, like uh, Earth, Wind, Brenda Fire. Russell. Uh, well, Brenda yeah. Russell is a great example. Um, it's funny because you know well. I grew up on Motown. I grew up on stylistics. I would have never thought that. Yeah, I mean, and fire. Like the Brenda Russells of the world are, you, you know, you have to, if when you're introduced to the music, all you really know is Kenny Loggins, Michael McDonald. They were the face of the brand. And, for sure. and it's, it's only, you know, you dig and dig and dig, and then you get to Brenda Russell, like once yeah. you really yeah. do get to know uh, uh, the music. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think that that's an interesting question to answer. Um, I mean, for me, as yeah. as a fan of all music, mm -hmm. I see it. First of all, obviously, you know, you already are including a point of view that's not just from the male perspective. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, especially in today's age, we are all open to culture and and just being in this moment of of being aware and empathetic of each other's plights, even though. Like Jackson said, it doesn't necessarily, we don't have to cover <laughs> or really get, fill our music with emotional, dense lyrics. Um, but you know, Bad Business Club, I hear it and, and you guys tell everyone, you know, you're also influenced by John Coltrane and Miles Davis. I could already see and hear the difference. Well, if you're going to be, if you're going to be a student of music, I mean, I, I'm an electric guitar player. I yeah. owe my ass to Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no getting around that, you know? And if you're, especially, um, I think really what it comes down to is, is reverence for source material. Like the fact that we've gone through and listened to the records and we've pulled these sounds, you know, like, uh, you know, Sam and I are, are a bit younger than Alex, as you mentioned, but, uh, how many 27 year olds do you know who are going through and listening to like DeBarge records Yeah, yeah. or like, uh, you know, um, Oh, what was that one? Uh, Sam, it's that the one, you know, the one that we talked about that one time in the studio that Daryl <laughs> Hall did the version of. Did uh, not blow your mind. Did not blow your mind. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. the fact that that stuff is being played in these sessions and that we're going back and we're listening to all this great music because it's all out there and it's all fantastic. We try to, yeah, we try to honor, you know, the greats and like we were talking about before with, you know, embracing sexuality and stuff. I think, yeah. you know, music in general is getting farther and farther away from that, you know, cis white male centric, you know, 
focus yes. and you know because when you look up Yacht Rock the first things you see are Michael McDonald's and Kenny Loggins you know and Earth Wind and Fire even though it's technically in that same vein of production and era and time that's just disco that's disco-esque yeah you yeah, know funk, it's labeled right. differently and presented differently because the platform has always centralized on a certain right. demographic but in, but in 2021 the genres are all out the window yeah I really think that right? was like a, um, the like the sonic I, this might have been a little subliminal but when when I got with Morgan sort of about how we wanted to construct the arrangements there's there's an intention around um, why you know the songs aren't really structured as a as duets they're structured as like the, the, Sam and I are singing the same lines in different registers yeah. constantly yeah. Um, and it's it's about like having both of us in the front and almost telling the same story you know not i, I think a traditional duet is like here's my male perspective here's my female perspective yeah. you know here's here's how i feel as a man here's how i feel as a woman and this you know i think the intentionality behind it was like you know we're both human beings here let's like you know actually bring it together and and sing about the same thing because we might be both feeling yeah. that same thing. I love that. And, and, and first of all, when let's, we're already running out of time. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, and listening to great music and talking to great people um, who are so talented. When can we expect the album to drop? And when is the next single, by the way? Yeah, so Flip Me Over came out uh, this past Friday or whenever, the, yeah, the June 11th. Um, in two weeks, July 2nd, uh, our good friend Wolfie and Projections, uh, they're uh, uh, disco house artists out of, uh, out of Southern California. They're re releasing a, a sort of more stripped down remix. Yeah. And then uh, late July, we have another song, Tired of Being Over You. And August 13th will be the full album release date with final distribution. So Love that. You know, if you got a record player, send me your address. I'll, I'll send you one of our records. Oh, yes, yes. So, and and of course, uh, with everything Bad Business Club is doing, both you, Jackson and Alex, you obviously host in Vibe, the Vibe Pop podcast. And of course, we see you, Sam, in there as well. Pretty much, you guys match and make a cocktail to match yeah. maybe a specific genre of music. You talk over that, whatever the subject is, you create a playlist, discuss the history of the music. Yeah, we got to we got to combine um, my skills as a former bartender with Alex's love of drinking and uh, our <laughs> mutual love of uh, listening to great music. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a fun time. It's a fun time. Love that. We, it's equal parts educational home bartending tutorial and uh getting hammered for the audience's amusement yes and, and, and as artists in 2021 as musicians i guess it really is our job to figure out how to be more what are other platforms we could be utilizing right not yep. just on the stereo not just on the radio but here's another platform and it's a podcast yeah we have this <laughs> get to know us this, a little bit we have this great gift um, of having these technological marvels that uh, we can use, um, and you know everybody likes to everybody likes to rag on social media and what it's done to us all. But also, it's this great uh, avenue to get your voice into people's ears. Yeah, and uh, you know 
You gotta, they, um, at Berkeley, I, I remember one of the guys there, Steve Bailey, head of the bass department, he would always, he would talk about what is the millennium musician? The, the millennium musician is a master of, you know, the, uh, distributive powers of social media yes. and recording tech and being able to brand yourself yes. and being able to, um, obviously play your instrument well. Um, but there's this whole other skill set that we yes. have to, we have to manage. Yes. And, and of course that includes merch. You guys already have your own coasters. Thank you, Jackson. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Sam. Thank you so so much. very much for joining me. Uh, for all of you listening, you can find out more about Bad Business uh, Club at badbusinessmusic.com. You can find them on Twitter at Bad Business Band, uh, Instagram, Bad Business Club, YouTube, Bad Business Club. And of course, if you want to help uh, sponsor Imbibe the Vibe, go to patreon.com slash imbibe the vibe. Uh, for everything we do here, you can find out more about us uh, at radiofreebrooklyn.com. This episode and all episodes of the Junk and Jam Hour can be streamed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, Google Play Music, and simply tell Alexa, play the Junk and Jam Hour. Thank you.